Welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where geographically diverse friends have a few drinks and work together to solve a homemade escape room. I'm Mike, I'm drinking a McGuigan's Black Label Shiraz, who should definitely be sponsoring us now on the amount of uh, shout-outs we give them <laughs> in the, uh, the episode, but it is, as always, delicious. And joining me today, we have... I'm Tony, I'm drinking a Green King IPA, and it's exactly as middle of the road as you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Ben Lavery Griffiths, and I'm drinking a railway porter from uh, a London brewery. It's um, which one? chocolatey. It, uh, it's uh, the Five Points Brewing Company, um, which makes sense actually. Five Points Brewing Company railway porter, mm, very clever. Um, aromas of chocolate and coffee with hints of caramel, and uh, yes, it does. Trust you to find a beer at railways, Ben. <laughs> that would be. That would be my wonderful wife. She uh, visited London recently and uh, brought it back. So, quick diversion. Um, I was at a wedding with Ben last week, (laughs) and I made a bet with his wife to the tune of one gin and tonic that he couldn't go an hour without slipping in a train fact. Um, (laughs) Did not even last 10 minutes. (laughs) Amazing. Um, How many weddings have you been to this summer? Oh, shit. Uh, Too many. Just the one for me. I think three, maybe two or three. Okay, yeah, I've had, I've, I've done four. Wow. Uh, no more this year, but we've already got some lined up for next year, which is... Oh, my days. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, late 20s, early 30s life. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, I think most of mine are gone now. I think I had, I've had 16 weddings now. Oh, word. Wow. That's a good rate. Nice work. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. I just <laughs> like to think of myself as the love duster. Just go around spreading love spores everywhere. Oh. Some kind of sexy wizard. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I think that's illegal. Spreading love dust or? <laughs> the spores that I'm most worried about. Hmm, love fungus sounds quite bad, doesn't it? <laughs> so, how does it work? Each week we'll be locked into a charmingly themed escape room of the years, within which we have each secretly crafted a puzzle. We'll present those puzzles in turn while the others try and solve them, and if we don't escape within an hour, then and dire things shall befall us. And if we break anything, we will lose our deposit. Are we ready, boys? Born ready. Yes. Then let's enter the Infinite Escape Room. This week, bored of walking up the Infinite High Street, we try to phone one of the Infinite Escape Room's many themed dodgy cab firms, only to realise that all of our phones have been tapped by the Chinese government and have subsequently run out of battery. With our nuclear launch codes, industry-critical data, and 9-gag memes compromised, we find ourselves in dire need of USB Type-C, micro-USB, and lightning wires and plugs. We make our way towards a likely-looking shop and step inside. A bell tinkles, a real one, not a beeping tone, as we cross the threshold. Before us, we see dusty walls full of -of out-of-date, unsold electronics, slightly racist slogans like Our prices are a steal, just like what foreigners do, adorn the shelves. And the air is thick with the scent of fried spam and rationing. Have we stumbled into post-Brexit Britain? No, we're in a 1950s electrics shop. You can tell because it's gramophones instead of iPods, and a populist, fascist menace has recently been defeated instead of supported widely by the tabloids. Also, did I mention that it's haunted? Half of the flat surfaces appear to be bleeding. A little girl with soggy hair is trying to crawl out of a tiny telly screen. And Marilyn Monroe's disembodied screaming head is whizzing around the ceiling, vomiting Valium and cocaine absolutely everywhere. I'd say we have exactly one hour before she confuses us for one of her delicious barbiturates and eats us alive. (laughs) (laughs) It's dark. 
The door behind us is locked with three whimsical padlocks. Let's escape! Before us we have a spooky gramophone, a repairs desk, and the oldie TVZ sections. What do we fancy first, boys? What are you feeling, Tony? Gramophones? I'm into gramophones. Let's do gramophones. I don't want to go first because this is the first time I've done this and, you know, (laughs) I don't want to... No, Tony, we're going to bully you into going first and embarrassing yourself (laughs) and broadcasting it to all seven of our listeners. That's exactly what I was expecting, just to be savaged. (laughs) Hazed, I think they call it in America. Uh, Yeah, let's do the gramophones. Show the gramophones. And that's my puzzle. You approach the spooky gramophone. It appears to be a large wooden cabinet with a turntable spinning lazily around the top, a single record resting upon it, an absolutely massive brass horn is attached to the very top of the cabinet, in which you glimpse a chubby-looking spirit disappearing. The front of the cabinet has two large wooden doors upon it. What would you like to do? Uh, Let's open those doors. You try to do so, but they appear to be sealed. Uh... There is a clearance label stuck across them, marked clearance, damaged goods, will only open for a sound that is all shook up. (laughs) A sound that is all shook up. Uh, Is the box liftable? Uh, it's uh, an ancient, oh, I say ancient, 1950s. So now I think about it, that's nearly 70 years old. Holy shit. Yeah, ancient um, thing. So it's made of real wood, not um, Ikea balsa. Um, so weighs as much as 30 men who are carrying <laughs> 30 cars. That's the density of a neutron star. Um, okay. Could we could we take a little look at the record on top, please, Mike? Sure thing. So it's uh, spinning lazily around. Uh, next to the record, record. Next to the record is uh, the little needle. It appears to be one of those uh, old-fashioned ones that you have to pick up and and drop down. The record itself has six grooves in it, with what appears to be seven different tracks of recording. The label on the record reads "Missing A's." I guess we drop the pin on the first of those tracks. Uh, so just before we do, just is there oh, any? Uh, sometimes on records there'll be uh, like a little track listing. Can we can we spy any track listing on the centre sticker? Uh, you try and and do so. Your eyes sort of following as it as it spins around, it starts to feel a little bit poorly. <laughs> Dizzy. Um, until eventually you realise that if you run around the outside of the record player quite fast, you can just sort of see it straight like it's upright. Unfortunately, all you do see, however, is the title Missing A's. And there's not even any copyright information on there because um, you know, it <laughs> didn't exist back then. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, can we can we play attempt to play track one? Certainly. So you, you pick up the needle and you drop it into the outermost track. The sound you hear comes out not from the massive horny grammar speaker thing, but instead from... Oh, that has a double meaning. <laughs> Sorry, innuendos weren't invented, invented until the late 60s, yeah. so um, I didn't pick up on that one. It's part of the sexual um, revolution. <laughs> the uh, the sound actually comes out of the cabinet. That, oh, I'm going to get incredibly boring for a second. Went to um, Milton Keynes Museum and had an enormous uh, collection of old record players, and it turns out they did incredible things with wood where they had like echo chambers in wood and it produced incredible, beautiful, bassy sound just through a cabinet <laughs> for vinyl flowers. How neat yeah, is that? That is good. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't need to know that at all for the puzzle, but I thought it was neat. I like it. Uh, sorry. This is what you hear. And the needle rests in the groove. Right. That, to me, Ben, sounded like a, a bee, like a buzz or a fly, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I think so, but a particularly tuneful one. Yes. Yes, a deliberate <laughs> no. one. One that has yes. gone to lamp, uh, to Rada or something. Um, yes. Trinity <laughs> Laban. Um, can we have the next one, please, <laughs> DJ? 
Certainly, you lift the needle and drop it into the, the second track. Oh. Okay. That was loud. Yeah, that was loud. <laughs> okay, that was a howling cat by the sound of it. Okay, so we've got a bee or a fly and a cat. Should we go for another three? You, once again, lift and drop the needle. He was a good king. Oh, he was a good king. Uh, number four, please. You lift and drop once more. Now, that sounded to me like the sound of a motorway, like cars passing, but who knows? It, I, it was either something airy, I thought, or something that might, like, um, gently scraping along a surface, but I'd go with Ooh. cars like that. Yeah, mm. it could be any of those things. Okay, can we have number five, please? Certainly. N- number four is quite a big track. Number five, you pick up and drop the needle. Oh. That sounded like a crowd. Uh, okay. Or something. I thought it Do sounded I... like a big pile of nuts in a blender. But it's, <laughs> but it's probably not that. It's probably not that. Because um, that's really... Would you like that one again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Mike, just quickly. Just let, me, let me give you uh, number five again. Ooh. Could be a... I don't know. Hmm. Should we go on for number six and see if a pattern starts to emerge? I think we should. Okay. A dog barking. Okay. So number one was that kind of buzzing bee or fly sound. Number two was a cat yowling. Uh, Number three was somebody quite sort of hammy sounding saying, he was a good king. Uh, Number four was maybe a traffic sound or something scraping against something else, some kind of whooshing Mm. noise. Number five maybe sounded like a crowd or possibly nuts in a blender. Um, <clears throat> and number six was a dog barking. Is that all of them? Or was there one more? It's we funny you should say that. Seven. Let's Would you like to, to drop and Absolutely. play? Drop the needle. Oh, okay. So that's 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 the death theme in That's the death theme in Might Be a Solid. That's... Um, that's what you get when Snake dies. Okay. So I guess that's it's all. <laughs> yeah. So the snake death uh, sound clip with Colonel Campbell. Bloody hell. Could we um, could we move the needle back off of the record? You um, have done so. Are we able to lift the record off of the player? Mm. I'm afraid not. Okay. It appears to be <laughs> Glued very <in>. heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Somehow affixed. Yeah. Your millennial fingers are oh. incapable of the manual labour required <laughs> to lift an old-fashioned record. If it's not a capacitive touchscreen or a voice interface, I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Format uh, not compatible. Okay, so the the the... Oh, wait, Missing A's. So the, the, the record is titled Missing A's. So mm-hmm. presumably we need to take um, the letter A out of something, maybe. Uh, or we need to add the letter A into something. Uh, but I do not know how on earth that's going to fit with all the stuff that we've got. I suppose, could we take a look into the horny horn, please, and see Ooh. if there's anything else we can see? Uh, sure, you see the inside of the horn. Good. Horn interior. Mm. Fantastic. 
And I suppose we ought to better also look around the cabinet to see if there's any markings, notes, anything to note. Um, you look around the cabinet and apart from that good old-fashioned British workmanship um, and strong British oak um, supported by strong British values and, and four legs, um, you you see nothing of a remark. And the, the label holding the doors together said clearance damaged goods, is that right? Uh, yes, clearance damaged goods will only open for a sound that is all shook up. Oh yeah, the all shook up thing, I forgot about that. Only open, all shook up. Hmm. So we've got uh, wind, raw, and uh, king. Wind, raw, and king. Is it something to do with Elvis? Interestingly, perhaps. Because king was a nickname of his, and all shook up is an Elvis song, I think. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, you are correct. All shook up. Okay. Is uh, is that? <laughs> are, are we pointing in the right direction? Now? Just, just very quickly. I feel obliged to to quote Chris and being like, "We need prior knowledge for this, Michael." <laughs> no, you don't need prior knowledge at all. It's just that Tony's <laughs> somehow indirectly come at it. I know from, yeah, yeah. from the little sneaky clues that I I dropped in, right, which okay. are in. Which probably won't help you solve the puzzle um, so much as the names and order. Oh, oh, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Okay, is that something to do with it? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a dog no. in there. No, <laughs> I like your impromptu solo. Um, Alvis Presley was the uh, king of rock and roll, was he not? So named, yes. Yes, um, Raw is, is almost the, the letters for rock and roll. That's right, Ben. That's right. <laughs> That's, it's, it's pearls like these, uh, Tony, that don't make it to... <laughs> except for that one, which no, will. No, keep, keep that. No, if you, yeah, I'm if sending that, that to a, Ben's new employers. If that doesn't go into the episode, I'll walk, I'll walk right now. B or fly, or what, what do we reckon? I'm going to go for B. Cat. Okay, B. Cat, king, wind, raw, bark, snake. Backwards. Backwards. Okay. So snake, bark. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. No, but if you oh. take um, B for B, C for cat, K for king, king W for um, wind. wind, R for raw, D for dog, uh, S for snake, and then add the A's in the second position and the... Oh. You, you get backwards without any A's. Oh, very good. Nice. Okay. So backwards. I'm guessing that I now I don't that this is this is one of the things I don't know whether we have. Oh, Mike, is there a flip switch on the um, top to to change the direction of the record? No, but there's nothing stopping you from putting your mitten on it and doing that. Um, I would like to hear the B sound backwards. The, yes, the that sounds one. good to me. <laughs> Why the hell not? Okay. Okay. So Ben and Tony rest their hands upon the um, <laughs> upon the record as it spins. Um, get it wrong a few times and, and nearly touch hands, but it's okay. <laughs> it's not gay, which was illegal in the 1950s, but it's fine now um, until Brexit, um, or it won't be again. <laughs> um, as your hands do this, so you then use the motion of your hands to, to reverse the motion of the record and play it backwards. You hear this as the needle skips along. Your hands zip off as sparking ectoplasm electricity whizzes along. Well, I bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting white as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Ah, turn off. 
As the notes have all shook up play, you hear the doors at the front of the cabinet click, and they gently swing open. Looking inside, you can see the chubby spectre you saw earlier. Mm-hmm. It's quiffed hair, slick with sweat. It appears to be dead on a small ghostly toilet. The ghostly remains of a cheeseburger around its ghostly ankles. It looks like that urban myth was right after all, and with the truth finally out, it fades away from the material realm. In its place, you see a small key has been left behind. Congratulations, you have found the Elvis Prez key. Yay! And you have solved my puzzle. (laughs) So, with the Elvis Prez key in hand, you turn around and find yourselves back in the main floor of the spooky, haunted 1950s electrical shop. (laughs) Which, now I think about it, is going to be a hell of an episode title. (laughs) Remaining to us, we have the TV section, or as they were known back in the day, the televiewer section, (laughs) and the repair bench. What do we fancy next, boys? I'm I'm rather fancying the uh, the, the TV TV set uh, the TV section. I yes. too fancy that. Let's do it. Uh, you approach the TV section. Um, there are rows and rows of retro TVs, or what you would think of as retro TVs, uh, arrayed across this wall, starting from little tiny dinky seven-inch black and white screens down by your feet, ranging up to what were at the time incredibly impressive twenty-eight-inch color screens. Um, I don't think they had colour till the 60s, but let's not dwell on that. Um, All of these TVs are switched on, but they are displaying uh, white noise, which you might remember from your childhood. Uh, To the right of the shelves, you can see a clock on the wall, uh, and both hands are pointing up to 12. What do you do? Um, Are we able to reach the clock hands? So could could we move them if you wanted to? Yes, it is is about shoulder height. Oh, okay. What, uh, what do you reckon? To where would we move them? I say, where, where would we move these clock hands to? So if you if you look at the... If, as you get closer to the clock, you can see that uh, there is, in fact, kind of a button in the middle, like a red button uh, ah. at the head of the spindle that can be pushed in and out. Doesn't seem important. Okay, so can we twiddle <laughs> some knobs? I've been waiting to say that all day. Sure. Um, so are you going to twiddle some knobs on the TV? TVs? Or are you going to inspect the TVs? I think I should probably press the button first. Uh, yeah, let's... Press the, yeah. You press the button on the clock and it has a sort of satisfying mechanical click to it, but nothing happens. Okay. Ben? Could we set the hands to quarter past 12, please? Uh, You set the hands to quarter past 12 and then do you press the button? Uh, Yes, let's press the button. So you set the hands to quarter past 12 and push the button and from kind of to the left of you and slightly behind you, the TVs suddenly all at the same time, but slightly out of sync with each other in a very unnerving manner, flick into life. And you see the smiling face of Roy Walker say, it's good, but it's not right. And then they click back uh, just as quickly <laughs> to white noise. Uh, can we go and inspect the uh, the little black, black and white uh, telly sets, please? Yes. So uh, you go down and look at the TV at the bottom leftmost corner uh, of the shelves and actually you notice that there's a cable running out from the back of it which connects to a sort of big chunky junction box and as you follow the wires coming into that junction box you can see that they actually go up the side of this uh, set of shelves and then along the back of all the TVs so all of the TVs are connected into the uh, the same junction box down at this bottom left corner behind these little black and white TVs uh, coming out of the other side of this junction box uh, you can see a cable disappearing under, you know, the kind of horrible square carpet tiles that you get 
in like old schools and stuff like that. There's one of those with a slightly loose corner. Uh, you can see that some of the adhesives come away. Mm. Uh, ben, I don't know about you, but I feel that we should surely pluck at said. Absolutely. So you, with a with a satisfying but kind of disgusting, gluey ripping noise, this tile comes up from the floor, and inlaid in the floor with the cable running into the side of it is a dial and the dial has the numbers 0 to 60 going around the outside and it has a uh, delicately painted gold letter m in the middle of the dial the dial is currently pointing uh, straight up at the number zero interesting are we able to um, adjust the the pointer on this dial yes it rotates uh, as you give it a twist, it, it starts moving to one and two and onwards. Let's um, turn it to about 45 degrees. So what would that be? That would be uh, about so a quarter of 60. Before... Or 15. <laughs> yes. Fif- Ish. That's 90 degrees. Oh, what did crap. I say? 40, seven, <laughs> seven and a half. Yeah, what, what does it say at seven and a half? <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing happens when you get to seven and a half. Okay, can we go 90 degrees to 15? <laughs> I meant ninety. <laughs> okay, so as you just before you get to uh, to to fifteen, <laughs> in fact, when you reach number thirteen, uh, those TVs suddenly ping back into life. You know, there's you know the sound that really old cathode ray TVs would make that kind of mm. noise. Oh my god, they do the that. degauss sound. Yes, that's it. The degauss sound. They make that noise uh, as they suddenly come into focus, and sound is blaring out through all of them. But everything is slightly out of sync on all of these different displays. They're they're playing with different delays. Uh, and a delay-heavy, reverb-heavy guitar riff uh, starts playing this echoing jangle setting you on edge, and you see a handsome, smiling man in a wide-brim brown hat uh, on the screen with the words Paul Gross flashing up beside his face. And then a balding, ratty-faced man in a trench coat looks up towards the camera uh, with a mouthful of burger, and the words David Marciano appear. Uh, and then the shot cuts again, and a white dog dashes across the screen. Um, there's another few seconds of guitar uh, clips playing as you see the two men uh, walking down the street with this big white dog. Uh, the man in the brown hat is wearing some kind of smart red overcoat. And then the clip stops and goes back to the beginning. Oh, my God. Do you remember Due South? No. Oh, sorry. Ben, ben was raised by wolves. <laughs> I, I, was I didn't not have about, access to ITV. I was not about in the 50s. Uh, oh, the 90s, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Due South possibly was incredible. even the early noughties, yeah. It was like basically Night Rider, but with a dog and a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate combination. Cool. So that's what you get when you turn to number 13. So that clip is looping ever so slightly out of sync. There's a really quite unpleasant delay between these things that's setting your nerves right on edge. Okay. Can we continue to spin the dial, please? Uh, clicking the numbers around slowly until we, uh, until we get something else. Absolutely. So uh, as the dial uh, clicks forward, you get to number 22 and these TVs clung back into focus again. Uh, you see a bald man with a goatee uh, arguing with a tall, quite long-faced woman sitting behind them. Uh, sorry, sitting in front of them behind a large wooden uh, desk is a thoughtful older man with a kind of round-faced Emilio Estevez vibe to him. Uh, as the camera pans around, you realise that this room has no corners the uh, barbs that this man and woman are uh, exchanging are snappy, maybe even excessively and synthetically so. They spar back and forth for a few seconds and the clip resets. Ben, I'm totally out of sea with this one, mate. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
no idea. Um, I think we've already established that my my TV knowledge is is next to nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> it's worth pointing out that the round faced older man looks like Emilio Estevez. I have no idea who Emilio Estevez is. Uh, he was uh, in the Brat Pack in a lot of those '80s movies. You'd, you'd oh. recognise him if you saw him. Avengers was two blokes, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of old TV shows. You'd, you'd, you'd judge from the quality of the the clip, although it's on these very old TVs, it certainly doesn't look... The, the style of filmmaking doesn't look like it's something from the 50s or 60s. It looks more modern than that. It looks like it was probably made in the last 20 years or so. Would the, the, the room without corners, it wouldn't have to be sort of an oval shape, would it? Hmm. Maybe. It's... It was there. Is there um, some some TV series that was set like in the White House or something like that? I'm I'm kind of. Oh, you thinking House of Cards? Maybe. Oh wait, that's not Emilio Estevez though. That's um, little boy kidnapper. What's his face? That's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey, who we all loved and now don't love. Mm. Um, <laughs> all good. Do you want to do you want to keep turning the dial and see what else you turn up, and that might help you narrow things down. Oh, that that sounds good. As you continue to rotate the dial, you get to the number thirty six, and you see a young woman's face flicker onto the screen. Um, she's got long dark hair and quite a severe fringe, uh, and it's a close up shot of her face, and she screams, "You can't tell me what to do! You ain't my mother!" Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's so, it. So this is uh, eight or ain't. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my. You ain't my oh, mother. What, you um, ain't my mother. What? What Jesus. number is this? Sorry, the number is thirty-six. Thirty-six, and that's EastEnders. The clip is the young woman screaming. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my mother. So I'm. I'm so uh, right. This is where I'm just going to say words, and they might may make sense. Where was the West Wing based? Are you asking me or are you asking Mike? Uh, I'm asking Mike because it okay. might be a cheat to ask you. Um, the West Wing was presumably. I don't think I saw the West Wing. Um, was it Boeing? I was it. So, was it about <laughs> Boeing seven four seven? Maybe. So I'm just wondering because uh, if we've got due south, if we had uh, the only po- kind of political thing that I can think of that had a uh, sort of cardinal direction was the West Wing. This sounds like it could be EastEnders. So presumably, whatever we come to next could be some something North based. Northenders. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes, my favourite soap. (laughs) So, uh, you continue turning the dial, uh, and as you get to the number 49, the TVs once more hum into life, and with their slightly unnerving, juddery picture and the sound overlapping in a way that makes it echoey and, you know, really sets you on edge, uh, you see James Bond and the Tenth Doctor doing unconvincing Geordie accents. That's it. That's the whole clue. (laughs) Who's the tenth Doctor? Uh, let's see. Tenth must have been. Would it been Capaldi? Would Capaldi be number ten? Oh was shit! He... Sorry, I meant the ninth Doctor. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 that's a sheer. That was a sheer guess on my I, part. I, I did mean the ninth Doctor. I do apologise. Okay. That was a. Uh... So it was Prickoldy, which is um, Alien Face Man. Uh, n- I, I'm only saying it was the ninth Doctor because I uh, realised that I got it wrong. You're also wrong. Oh, it wasn't Alien Face Man. No. I'm sure I think that the man with like no features to his face at all, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, the tenth, another, the tenth another... Doctor. The tenth Doctor was the Scottish one, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Capaldi, Peter Capaldi. No, 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 no. The, the other, other Scottish, Scottish one. one. <laughs> yeah, there were two. Floppy yeah, head. He was also in Harry Potter. But um, again, in the clip, 
It's the ninth Doctor, not the tenth Doctor. Right. Okay. Hang, hang, we Wait. need to sort this out, though. So you're thinking so hang, there were okay. two Scottish Doctors. Yeah. Um, but one of them didn't sound Scottish. Tennant. Tennant. What's his there face? Tennant. David Tennant. Oh, David Tennant. Yes, but he didn't sound Scottish, and the only mm. weirdly, his Scottish accent sounds more fake than his English accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David, if you want to come on the show, please just uh, you know tweet us. <laughs> please tweet us in English, you ape. We won't make um, fun of your natural accent. <laughs> Anyway, let's we could focus on this for yeah, yeah. an extended period of time, but we probably shouldn't. <laughs> Is there a film called It's Grim Up North? If not, there probably should be. There's definitely a documentary <laughs> called that. I mean, maybe we don't maybe it's not important and just the fact that knowing that it's north is important yeah i guess we could carry that assumption forwards couldn't we um, so it, that would leave us with uh 13 uh, south 22 west 36 east 49 north so you 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 continue turning the dial and you get back to zero and there's a sort of click uh as you pass from 60 around to zero and continue to turn uh, and once you get back to number 13 the handsome man with the big hat comes back on the screen i think okay uh, our interactable elements are the clock the button uh, and the dial i think the dial has given us information so i'd assume we need to be doing something with this clock and the button um tony the clock does it have a big hand and a little hand yes both of them are pointing up to 12 at the moment okay can we turn them both to let's see i mean what order would we do it? Presumably in numeric order. So can we turn them both to do 12 o'clock? They're already both on 12 o'clock. Oh, I meant <laughs> 6 o'clock, which is the other side of the clock that I was on. So you, you point them in opposite directions and push the button. Uh, it clicks in very satisfyingly and springs back out again. And on the TVs behind you, they boom back into life. And once again, you get, it's good, but it's not right. Could we, um, so the, the hour hand is currently on six or 12? You said six o'clock, so I would assume that the hour hand is on six and okay. the is on 12. Could we, I think, reset the hour hand to 12? Um, yeah. Could we then put the, could we, um, could we go half past 12 and press the button, please? 12.30. Yes. Uh, so you put it into position on 12.30 and boom, it's good, but it's not right. Hmm, okay. Can we put My, it at half past? Basically, can we move both hands so that they are facing six? Sure. Uh, so you've moved them down to effectively 6.30. Boom. It's good, but it's not right. Damnation. So I'm wondering, Mike, so my, my assumption was perhaps that um, we needed to maybe point them south first because that had the lowest number, i.e. I 13. But maybe we go north-south, northeast-southwest. So maybe we go um 49 so could we turn the i'm going to based on the assumption that it's on 12 so if we go hour hand on 12 um mm -hmm. and minute hand on 49 and press the button you move the hour hand to 12 and the minute hand to 49 uh, you push the button in you mm -hmm. hear a kind of louder click from behind the clock and behind you the tvs pop into life and you see the hideous walnut visage of david dickinson uh, leaning forward into the camera going, it's a Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> okay. Could we now um, put the minute hand to 36 and press the button, please? So you're on 12 and 36. Yes, please. Okay. You set them in those positions and you get, Doom. it's good, but it's not right. Oh, got it. Oh. Got it, Ben. Got it. 
Yeah. The hour hand is the cardinal direction. 36 is the number of minutes. Ah, so there we go. it would be, that's why north, which would be 12, 12 and 49 yeah, was yeah. right. So if we go, let's do east next. So uh, minute hand at 36, please. And the hour hand at uh, three, 3 o'clock. Uh, you push the button in and once again, you are you jump out of your skins as you hear, it's a Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> Can we do the same again, please, with nine o'clock and 22? So nine o'clock with the hour hand, 22 with the minute hand. Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> ben, Joe, do you want to say the last one? Get shorter. Uh, and could we go uh, hour hand on six, please, and minute hand on 13? Uh, you get to six and 13 and behind you you hear bobby dazzler <laughs> as the ghost of dickinson flies forth from the screen uh, and screams at you as the clock behind you swings open uh, and he howls and a wind picks up in the room and it's blowing you back against the wall and the screens explode open as dickinson flies bend right through you he just flies right through your body leaving a sort of sticky brown residue all over you <laughs> behind you uh, after this hideous harrowing moment the clock is open and you pick up the tv key it's not, a good pun. Good. it's not a good pun but it does rhyme and you know that's we've also accepted the tv key yeah i thought something about like i could have done it in french like clearly vision but that's probably a bit much <laughs> anyway you've got a key now well done and and what was the what was the thing up north oh it's our friends in the north it's a um drama from the mid 90s that had ah. daniel craig christopher eccleston the ninth doctor mark strong and and they all became incredibly well known uh in in a very short space of time uh it covers kind of i think it's about 20 years of history was told in newcastle it's supposed to be very wow. good i haven't watched it but i watched a bunch of clips and some of the <laughs> accents were quite dodgy you wind your way uh through the shelves uh covered in ben i'm so sorry you're, you're covered in broken glass and this sort of brown gunk uh mike you've come out sort of miraculously unscathed i think dickinson took a shine to you and uh, you <laughs> placed the key with the other key uh back at the entrance to this shop Okay, so remaining to us, we have the 1950s repair bench. And that is my puzzle. So behind the counter, you've, uh, you've made your way behind the counter. Behind the counter, there is a desk, which you can clearly see is where somebody fixes uh, customers' electronic goods that have broken. On the desk, you can see an old radio, an oscilloscope, and a set of drawers. I mean... And these drawers, there must be like a hundred by a hundred drawers. It's easily sort of just over three foot long and tall. On the counter, you see a note scratched into the counter. Shocked. The frequency hurts. Trapped in. And then it, it trails away. Is it spelt hurts, U-R-T-S, or hurts, E-R-T-S? <laughs> um, yeah, I spelt it uh, H-E-R-T-S. T-S, uh, just because that was fun, and an and, and electrical reference. The radio? Yes. Does it appear to have power, or does it look like it's non-operational? You can't tell. It's, it's, it's not turned on at the moment. Ben, I'd like to twiddle some knobs. Hooray! <laughs> As you uh, go to the radio, mm -hmm. the oscilloscope jumps into life. Ooh. The oscilloscope, re I guess you'd like to have a look at the oscill oscilloscope now. I mean, it's presented itself to me, so it'd be rude not to. 
Okay, so Wait, uh, sorry, is this there... a London thing? <laughs> <laughs> this dirty man in the park has presented himself to me. I suppose yeah. it'd be rude not to. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so the oscilloscope has a number of knobs and dials and switches. Um, however, there is a, a note, not a post-it note, but a note affixed, stating that the controls are fixed with super glue. Please do not break. Along the right-hand edge of the display of the oscilloscope, somebody somebody's written in uh, again on like a little sticker zero in the middle, and then a scale up and down to plus ten and minus ten. Okay. On the display of the oscilloscope is a line that points to well particular points. On the oscilloscope at the moment, there's a point pointing to plus one, then another plus one, and then another plus one. And as soon as you notice this, the screen flickers off and back on again. And this time, it only has a single point one, And again, it flicks off and back on again. This time, it has a minus six, another minus six, and a plus one. And it flicks off again. And it flicks on again to a plus one. And it flicks off again <laughs> and back on again to a plus three. Flicks off again and on again to a minus ten and a minus eight. It flickers again to a plus seven, a plus six, and another plus seven. It flickers again, and you see a plus seven, a plus seven, a minus five, a plus six. It flickers again, and you get a plus ten, a plus ten, and a minus two. Oh, thank Christ. I just reached the bottom of my bit of paper. I've been <laughs> one more. All right. Let's Fabulous. Do, let's do some maths, baby. Yeah. So we've got three, and then one, and then... Uh, minus eleven. Minus eleven. Plus one, three... Uh, minus 18, uh, 20, uh, 20, yeah. 20, yes, 20. Yep, 20, and then 15, Yep, and then 18. Yes, just thinking, I don't think it's the radio that's broken here, it might be the oscilloscope, mm. because last time I checked, they don't do that when you look at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be haunted. Like, oh, I suppose it could be, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be a spooky, a spooky spirit or spectrum in there. Okay, of a long dead mathematician. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so there was the note. Uh, did the note say the radio controls were fixed with superglue, or the oscilloscope controls? The oscilloscope controls. So the radio controls are there for the twiddling. Yeah, can we give them a good, a uh, good inspect, please? Um, you can. It seems that the uh, maybe this is what why it was broken. Um, there are no knobs to twiddle. Ah, it's a knobless radio. Yes, <laughs> the, the eunuch of radios. Um, <laughs> cut that. No. Given that, given that I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, old radio, no knobs. Oh my god, that's the thing though. Like Radio One would be silent until four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, where it plays the rock <laughs> show, and then silent again. We've also got a thousand tiny, no, ten thousand tiny drawers. Yeah, it was um, yeah, hundred by a hundred, wasn't it? That's all thereabouts. Shit, lot of drawers. Well, I suspect that there's going to be a number draw to open based on the numbers that popped up on the oscilloscope. That would make sense. Um, other other drawers numbered? Mm, no, piss. But I <laughs> guess we could we could count coordinates, couldn't we? We could. Yeah. Um, at the moment, though, I think we've got a few too many points to work with. Mm, true. I mean, we could like we could use this as like one big long equation and get a big number at the end, but I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, I guess we could add it all up, uh, which would give us let's see four. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Mm. 
Oh God, that's maths. Stupid, stupid McGuigans. Stupid, delicious McGuigans. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tony. Yes. There was a time mm. over the last fifty odd episodes mm. where just about every episode we ended up counting the alphabet. Uh right. Yeah. Um. Oh, interestingly, though, saying that, I suppose, I mean, if we, so it would, the minuses <laughs> add an interesting um, dynamic to that. Mm-hmm. So mm. it would be something like A, B, C, so C, A um, for the first two. So uh, next one, minus six, minus six, plus one would be minus 11. So A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, CAC, but then it's the minus bit hang that's on, hang throwing on. me off. Yeah, so it might be count backwards from Z. That's what oh, you were doing, computing. Oh, so oh it's my. a negative index, so you go from the end of the list backwards. Which so, you can, of course, do out loud. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F. Z minus 11. So uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I think that gives us P or possibly O. So one or the other. So what have we got? C, A, C, A, P makes... I think C, A, P makes yeah. more sense for words. C, A, P, A, C, uh, 18... 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. It's I. Oh, capacitor. Capacitor. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, good. Are there any... So, just if, if we... Can we take a close look at the, the, the infinite draws? Sure. You're looking at them. <laughs> okay. Um, can, we, can we see if there's anything marked capacitor there? Uh, there's not. There's not a single... There's not a single note or, or label on any of these draws. God knows how the person that arranged these knew what was in what. Probably, like, psychically. If it's haunted. Um, Quite probably. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's a happy medium. Um, oh, <laughs> Lord. It's been a long weekend. Um, okay, so we've got capacitor. Can we take what a look at the back of the radio, Ben? Of course you can. So the back of the radio is actually missing. Ooh. And you see a, uh, a slightly sort of jiggling capacitor inside, quite a large capacitor. Um, it's kind of jiggling rather angrily. I'd like to oh. pluck that angry capacitor out, please. Okay, so you uh, you pluck the angry capacitor out. It's, it's very warm, and uh, you, you get kind of a tingling, like it could shock you if you held on to it for too long. I reckon there's a ghost living in it. As you assert that, the, <laughs> the, oscilloscope, the oscilloscope jumps back into life. It gives you two points. Uh, it, it gives you plus one, plus eight, and my, uh, plus five, plus seven. So I sure. and nine and L. Say so again? I've got, I mean, I've got I and L, so nine and twelve would be I and L. Okay. I and L. Ill. Oh. I mean, I imagine you, you probably are before you die. <laughs> That's how you get ghosts. So there's, we can't touch any of the dials on the oscilloscope. And you can touch them, but they're super glued. So super if you uh, applied too much force, they'd break and you'd lose your deposit. Sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, there's the 100 by 100 tiny drawers. So how do, we, how do we use I and L with the drawers? That's my question. Hmm. Is there anything else inside that radio, Ben? I mean, there's circuitry for, for making the radio work, I suppose. Electrical gubbins. Electrical gubbins. There's electrical mm. gubbins in there. Connecting the capacitor to the oscilloscope. Does the oscilloscope have any terminals on it or anything like that? Uh, it has terminals, but there's no there's no cables. And the terminals on this capacitor are the wrong uh, distance apart to match those on the oscilloscope. Okay. I left my soldering iron at home, damn it. But- <laughs> um, there, there'll be something to do with the drawers, probably. 
Possibly. So, I mean, let's see. 100 by 100. So, should we just try 9 and 12? So, 9 across and 12 down? Yeah, let's go for that. So, you pull open the drawer, uh, 9 across and 12 down, and inside there is a small black box with little uh, insets that are at the same distance apart of the mm. terminals on the capacitor. On the side, it says a decharger. Decharger. Ah, a despooker for this capacitor. Okay, yeah, let's um let's attach the uh the the bits to the terminals and attach the other bits to our our spooky haunted uh, capacitor, which I now I realize I have been holding for too long so I might have got staticed off. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the capacitor starts jumping around. The decharger has what might be a little buzzer in it, like a little maybe a uh, little sort of generator of, of sound because you hear a... Uh, it goes all the way down to a hiss. The capacitor jumps around, gets super hot, and the side pops off. As the smoke clears... Oh, there was smoke. As the smoke clears <laughs> and the sound drifts away, you peek inside the capacitor. There is a electric blue key, and you have found the capacitor key. <laughs> and you have solved my puzzle. Hooray! Oh, well done, mate. <laughs> that was really good. I like that one. So, with the uh, capacity in hand, uh, rather warmly in hand, you uh, scoot around the counter and are back in the shop. Okay, and let me just make sure I've got everybody's keys correct. So, this is the... And the... Was it TV key? TV key. TV. Key TV. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, do you want it's to be the, the key V? The key V. Sounds like a German person talking about some New Zealand person. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love these kiwis. I come for the puzzles, I stay for the racism. (laughs) (laughs) And so, we take the kiwi. (laughs) (laughs) We take the kiwi. (laughs) The Elvis Prez key and the Capacity key. Uh, we put them into the whimsical padlocks, we click them open, and we escape. Uh, however, due to uh, atrocious puzzle design on my part, we did not manage it within the hour. Oh, so Marilyn no. Monroe has taken a little bite out of all of our bottoms, confusing them for delicious drugs that she can um, <laughs> feast and purge on in a, oh, in a tragic, tragic life. God bless her. Boo! Boo. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> this was Tony's first time on, and I promised him one thing that wouldn't happen was Marilyn Monroe confusing his bum for drugs and taking a bite out of it. And now here we are. Now a here terrible I am. end to the story. She's literally ripped me a new one. Um. So, thanks very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, www.theinfiniteescaperoom.com. I would just say theinfiniteescaperoom.com, but apparently I've set up DNS six whatever it is thing wrong um and if you go to the other one it goes bad but anyway you can also follow us and get in touch via facebook and twitter at tier underscore podcast if you've enjoyed the episode and we rather hope you did you know despite everything that happened in it uh, we'd be obliged if you could please leave us a review on itunes or facebook as it's a big old help in reaching new audiences we love you long time and we'll see you next time tatty plumbles Ta-ta. cheerio